Hello, and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're doing a recap of the uh, AGA PIO CFO Summit. That was held a little while back, but uh, AGA put out a report on it, so we wanted to go back and talk about that. And we have Mary Goldsmith from RSM, Robert Shea from Guidehouse, and Dustin Brown from OMB. So they will all give us their insights into the summit. So let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right. So today we are talking about AGA's PIO CFO Summit, some of the results from that. And we have three great guests. So let's introduce everybody. We have Mary Goldsmith, Robert Shea, and Dustin Brown. So Mary, please introduce yourself. Excellent. Thanks so much, Paul. Mary Goldsmith with RSM. I lead our national business development and government relations activities and really pleased to be um, a long-term member of AGA. Awesome. How about Robert? I'm Robert Shea with Grant Thornton. I lead our government relations and evidence-based policymaking and performance management work at our public sector practice. Great to have you. And then Dustin, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Good to be with you. I'm Dustin Brown. I'm the Deputy Assistant Director for Management at the Office of Management and Budget. All right. Happy to have everybody here. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the summit. What What is it? You know, uh, kind of what was covered there. And I think we're just going to start off with uh, Robert to give us a little bit of that uh, description of the summit itself, please. Sure. Um, thanks, Paul. And I'm delighted to be joined by my friends, Mary and Dustin. Um, the um, AGA stood up the uh, first Performance Improvement Officer, Chief Financial Officer Summit several years ago because though um, the AGA has a deep relationship with Chief Financial Officers across the government, there was a burgeoning interest in the accountability community to focus on uh, the efforts the government was making to improve its performance and performance management. There's a performance management committee um, that meets monthly uh, or more regularly um, to uh, monitor those activities. And so we thought it would be a good idea to bring those two communities together. Um, in some agencies, those functions are blended in the same office. Others, they're separate. So we thought it was a good opportunity to shine a light on the issues facing the communities offer opportunities for them to network in the same room together. So that went virtual over the um, pandemic. Um, and then sort of tee up what are the, what are the big initiatives and issues um, that people will be tracking going forward. It's been a really successful, rewarding effort in my view and uh, looking forward to it continuing. Well, great. Well, we're going to give the audience here a little insight into what was discussed. Uh, and there were four major topics, and um, we're going to have our group here kind of go through it. And uh, Dustin's going to chime in with some of his perspectives on each session as well. And actually, he was a panelist, so we'll start with that one. But, uh, Mary, do you want to queue up strategic planning, what, did, what you all talked about there? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, talk about the necessity of being able to think on your feet and move quickly. We had um, prepared for a really great panel that was going to include Dustin, Jackie, and uh, GAO, and I was going to moderate that panel. I ended up sick. 
Stephen from GAO ended up sick. And so Robert was kind enough to jump in at, when he received my email at 6.30 in the morning saying, help. And so I, I think the panel took a little bit of a different turn, but it was really still very, very um, productive and informative. And so Dustin talked about the strategic planning process from an OMB perspective and Jackie Ponte Lazaric, uh, who's the chief innovation officer for rural development at USDA, she talked about how their strategic plan has evolved and grown over the course of the last couple of years and gave a lot of detail as far as um, where they had seen successes in, in um, furthering this process and where there were areas that they needed help and were looking um, to other, other government agencies. And one of the things that I think uh, was interesting, and this is where I'll be anxious uh, to get your perspective, Dustin, because I know when you uh, shared, you mentioned a number of the areas, a number of the priorities that you guys have, and I think I'll just um, name them quickly. It was strengthening and empowering the federal workforce. Um, the second one was delivering excellent, excellent, equitable, and secure federal services and customer experience. And then the third one was managing the business of government to build back better. And um, so I'm curious from your perspective, how you felt that session went? Did we accomplish the objectives we were looking to relative to these strategic plans? And I know um, your perspective of the OMB is particularly interesting because of uh, what was just published last week. Yeah, absolutely, Mary. And uh, it was great to hear from Jackie um, in particular about how she really was integrating a number of the different kind of levers that we have in government into that strategic planning process and really using it as a tool to uh, drive a focus on uh, bottom line results in government, which ultimately is what the strategic plan is uh, most powerful in doing. Um, as you know, we uh, released uh, all the agency uh, strategic uh, plans with uh, last year's budget, and they cover a four-year window from 2022 to 2026 and have um, about 100 strategic goals across all the agencies. And we have about 350 strategic objectives and then um, uh, 87 specific uh, agency priority goals within those. So that really, I think, collectively does represent uh, government's bottom line. And they're aligned with the priorities of the administration, whether that's improving customer experience, advancing equity, combating climate change, uh, improving the nation's infrastructure, um, and as well as continuing to uh, meet the health, you know, uh, welfare and economic challenges of COVID-19 pandemic, um, those really uh, served as, I think, um, a, a way for, for agencies to align the work they're doing into some of these broader themes, as well as use it uh, as a tool to advance um, uh, related initiatives, for instance, agency learning agendas, which have been published, and the research questions that they've identified uh, as well as risk management, which is a aspect that agencies have also in place. Um, and we saw some really, I think, great uh, innovations from agencies over the past year as well. Uh, I, I'd like to highlight SBA, who really did an excellent job of stakeholder engagement to get employee feedback um, from their staff across the country to inform their strategic plan work. Um, as an example of the type of thing I think we want to build on uh, going forward. Um, so 
we really see it as a, a, a powerful tool for, for agencies uh, individually, but increasingly um, we're looking at ways to make sure we're working across agencies on these themes that are emerging that uh, agencies obviously are gonna need to partner on if we're gonna be successful. Great. Justin, one of the questions that I know was mentioned, I just wanna briefly um, mention was around the systemic risk associated with some of these agency strategic plans given the proliferation of stimulus dollars. And I was just curious, um, how did you guys, how did you address that piece? Because I know that comes up constantly. Like we had all this additional federal money. Um, you know, we had the, we needed to get it out quickly, but also there was the risk associated with how it was spent. Was it spent properly? Did we mitigate fraud, waste and abuse? So how did that impact the strategic plans, if at all? Yeah, um, the timing of, of some of these was uh, pretty close to when the strategic plans were coming out, uh, but we did work, uh, for instance, with our performance improvement officers to make sure um, they were integrating in, uh, you know, recent legislation like the Infrastructure and Jobs Act and into their strategic um, plan um, uh, goals and objectives. Uh, OMB uh, does typically provide guidance to agencies, and we do encourage them and point them toward um, integration of, of uh, those additional uh, pieces of legislation and, and new uh, funding initiatives uh, to make sure that they continue to get kind of integrated into kind of the bottom line of, of, of agencies' uh, goals and objectives. So uh, that's a pretty active uh, conversation we engage in with our uh, PIOs and CFOs and, and other um, agency leaders to make sure we're staying uh, in alignment there. Awesome, thank you. Well, it was a great panel. So that started our morning bright and early, and then Robert, you jumped in and um, helped lead the second one. Well, um, uh, actually, the, 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 that's right. But and 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 though we really missed you, Mary, at the first panel, I I was sad that GAO didn't get the opportunity to present his strategic plan, and I commend it to all of you. Um, this was a great opportunity to share where folks were with their strategic plans, um, uh, including GAO. Uh, but the second panel focused on uh, evidence-based policymaking. Results for America, who's attended a number of our uh, summits, um, does a, a What Works Standards of Excellence uh, report uh, a couple of times a year, assessing federal agency and state agency efforts to integrate evidence into their decision-making. Nicole Dunn, whose Results for America's federal practice lead, um, sort of led the discussion from the Results for America side but we also featured Kristen Lotz, who's Director of Office of Evidence and Impact in Tennessee, Matthew Soldner, Commissioner of the National Center for Education Evaluation and Chief Evaluation Officer at the Department of Education, and Christina Yancey, who's the Chief Evaluation Officer at Department of Labor. Um, so, you know, th those are three uh, agencies, states that, that map well to their their efforts map well to the standards that the results for america sets and they shared factors that lead to successful evidence-based policy making in government institutions building culture through um, communication with frontline stakeholders and employees applying um, foundational fact finding to customer experience um, to improve outcomes uh, recognizing that evidence-based 
Policymaking doesn't have to be complex or time-consuming. Start small, do rapid experimentation to um, really figure out what's, what's most effective at solving your biggest challenges. Um, and then keeping the human element front and center, making sure that your customer, the people who are getting services are, are really the center of what you're um, trying to measure, what you're trying to evaluate and ultimately accomplish. So there's a really good broad survey of, um, of, of, of organizations that at least from results for America's perspective, they think you're is doing it right. Dustin, any observations about this field uh, and, and what's going on from your perch? Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, the fact that we have agency learning agendas out um, on evaluation.gov. I encourage folks to take a look at those. Um, in addition, uh, I was really excited last week to release the first ever PMA, President's Management Agenda Learning Agenda. Uh, which looked at you know cross-cutting questions that we know uh, a number of agencies are working toward, and they align with those priorities you mentioned earlier, uh, Mary. Uh, some of the, the the questions we've identified are, you know, how can the federal government strengthen and empower its workforce so it can best serve the American people? How can the federal government deliver programs and services that effectively uh, and build trust with citizens? And you know, how can government advance equity and support underserved? Communities. There's a number of other you know, more detailed questions that we've included as well, and I'd encourage uh, people to engage um, with uh, that work. We actually published a draft earlier and got a lot of really good feedback from stakeholders um, that we use to uh, further refine our questions, and um, we're really excited to publish the final version. Uh, though this work is never really final, right? Uh, it will continue to evolve, and I think we're really excited about the energy that we're seeing uh, behind looking at some of these cross-cutting questions and that the time seems really uh, right for that given I think the evolution we have seen in, in the performance and evaluation and evidence building communities um, is pretty significant over um, the past uh, you know decade or so as these routines that we're all talking about are getting further integrated I think into um, agencies as well as the, the cross-agency work that we're talking about. Yeah I'm really delighted to see uh, where this has uh, gone. Um, Mary, do you want to talk about our, our panel that focused on the integration of performance and financial management? Sure, Robert. Yes, another really interesting panel. Um, you know, and I think our goal is increasingly in government to improve performance and financial management, but to do so in um, essentially enhancing cost effectiveness. And so that was a large part of the conversation uh, where panelists shared examples of how they're achieving better outcomes at lower costs and in light of some of treasury's ambitious goals um, it was interesting to hear how data transparency has been increasing outcomes have been increasing and so this panel was moderated by amber heinberg from guidehouse she did a fantastic job and she had three panelists that joined her dan berger cfo and assistant commissioner for treasury's office of management um, she was also joined by uh, Jason Bossy, who's the Director of the Office of Program Performance Analysis and Evaluation for the SBA. Um, I know earlier Dustin mentioned the SBA and some of the good work that they're doing. And then lastly, uh, Karina Turbs, who's the Policy Director for the Data Foundation. So the three of them uh, really had some interesting perspective on the intersection of performance and financial outcomes and how we're um, increasing 
data analytics and transparency through that process. And I'm curious, Dustin, um, from your perspective, what does that look like from an OMB lens when you're thinking about that integration of performance and financial management? Yeah, it's a critical uh, area that uh, we continue to partner with our RMO colleagues in, in OMB on all of the performance work. Uh, many of our agency PIOs are also CFOs and, and, and dual-hatted, um, at least <laughs> often, and uh, wearing a number of, of different, uh, performing a diff number of different roles. Um, so we have uh, really made sure that um, our processes are aligned um, with the budget process to make sure that these conversations are happening at the right time to inform budget decision-making. And just one really good example of that, um, we have uh, uh, just recently completed um, uh, agency strategic review meetings between OMB and agencies. Uh, we do those you know, each spring, summer kind of timeframe to make sure that there's an opportunity to um, assess um, the progress that's being made against agency strategic goals, objectives. We also uh, have an opportunity to talk about risks and, and the agency learning agenda questions in those uh, discussions as well. And that's intended to make sure there is an opportunity to raise some of these um, in, in, in time to inform the budget development uh, timeline, which is, um, as you know, underway now uh, in OMB as we work to prepare the FY24 budget. So um, getting those things kind of routinized, I think, is really key to make sure the uh, opportunities exist to have these uh, strategic conversations um, uh, in, in time to inform uh, budget development. Absolutely, very timely. And I, our last uh, panel, uh, Robert is going to cover around uh, the PMA process and improving the customer experience holistically. Yeah, this was a great panel. Customer experience is, is one of the key pillars of the president's management agenda. Um, and this panel featured Pam Coleman, uh, who was then the uh, lead for performance and personnel management at OMB, a really dynamic speaker who captivated the audience in her description of what the PMA was all about generally, and specifically the efforts to improve the customer experience. But what I found magic about the panel was it came on the heels of Treasury's um, surge in uh, interest in Treasury bonds. With interest rates increasing, they had this sleepy little office went from um, X number of calls a day to 100 times that um, and, and dealing with antiquated systems to handle that workload meant they couldn't deliver nearly the customer experience that they had hoped. Um, so it, 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 it underscored the importance of customer experience in all facets of what the government does um, and was a good opportunity to advertise uh, just the, the, the scale, scope, and intent of the management agenda's pillar on customer experience. Dustin, you want to expand on, on, the, on that pillar? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree uh, more. This is a really exciting area that we've seen just tremendous engagement from our um, agency leaders as, as well as uh, a focus um, in the executive office of the president. Um, the uh, executive order released last December, I think, uh, really provided um, a, a charge to agencies to uh, put the customer uh, right at the center of government operations. Um, 
We have a number of high impact service provider agencies that have been identified and have been steadily working to uh, take customer feedback and really use it to improve um, service quality and responsiveness um, and encourage folks to take a look at performance.gov slash CX for um, a lot of more detail on, on how agencies are, are evolving in that way. But another area that we're really quite excited about is uh, the announcement of a number of cross-cutting uh, uh, life experience efforts that you know don't just fit within one agency. Um, and uh, we've identified five of those um, that we're going to be uh, focused on that require multiple agencies coming together. Um, approaching retirement is one. Recovering from a disaster, the second. Um, navigating that transition from active duty to civilian life. Uh, is a third uh, birth and early childhood for low-income mothers and children is a fourth and then facing a financial shock and becoming you know newly eligible for critical support programs so those are I think really uh, great examples of areas um, and our president's management council in particular is um, really quite engaged in um, uh, spearheading uh, that work as well so um, this is something that uh, we expect to continue to be able to provide updates on on the progress there, but, but quite exciting. Well, that's great. I really appreciate it. This this um, I think there's a very good encapsulation of, of what what was a good half day session bringing these two communities together. We covered a lot of ground, um, and I commend our listeners to the AGA website for the report that we produced on the session. That's right. Absolutely. absolutely. It was a very well-written report. I, wasn't it the two of you? <laughs> but very well-written. Uh, no, no, I can take no credit. Okay. You guys are the chairs. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks again to all of you. Uh, absolutely. I encourage folks to go to the website. You have the PIO CFO Executive Summary, and uh, hopefully this gave you more insight and gets you excited about next year's summit. So, uh, But for today, Robert, Mary, Dustin, thank you very much for, for joining the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. AGACGFM.org. That's where you go. Podcasts, events, the next PIO CFO Summit. You can sign up. And, uh, of course, we have plenty more podcasts coming your way. I think we're almost cleared our bank, so we have one more older one, and we're going to start fresh with some new ones very soon. And, uh, forward to some great guests as we roll into the holiday season but uh until that next time we meet this is your host paul marshall signing off for accountability talks with